1: Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Schwartz again with Homeschooling Help. I'm with the Calcedon Foundation, and I realize that some of you who watch this either live or subsequently might not realize that the Calcedon Foundation, which was founded over 50 years ago, was the work of R.J. Rushduni, who another name you might not know. But if you are in the know, you would understand that RJ Rushduni and his writing and his lecturing had very much to do with the birth of the Christian homeschool movement in our country and the formation of Christian day schools. Now, although this is a homeschool help broadcast, I wanna make it really clear that Christian education is the focus of what we're talking about. Uh, Homeschool families, are eager for help and they're eager, eager to ask questions. And so that's why we're focusing on that, because not only myself, but my co-host, who I'll bring in here in a second, Nancy Wilk, are veteran homeschoolers. The emphasis in terms of giving a really and truly biblical education is at the forefront of what we do. And if you happen to know people who are in a Christian day school or have decided to make the move to Christian education but don't feel that they're quite ready or um, situated in their life to do so, we're really interested in helping people make connections with really good Christian schools. Uh, I personally have adopted a couple of Christian schools. I even served on the board of one at one point And I think it's important, even if you're homeschooling, to reach out to the Christian schools in your area and see what you can do to support their efforts. I can tell you for a lot of them, it's a labor of love. Christian educators, Christian teachers make far less than their public school counterparts. And that's really a shame because the truth is the church should make Christian education of utmost importance. So. I just wanted to say that to make sure that everyone understood this isn't just homeschooling or nothing. Christian education is the focus. So, Nancy? Yes, ma'am. Hello. Uh, Hello. Remind our viewers who you are and what you're about.
0: Okay. My name is Nancy Wilk, and I am with Church in Maine. We're a family business ministry. whose um, work is to return to the family the responsibility that's ours. And part of that ministry is Appomattox Area Family Educators. We started out being homeschool support group, but changed it because we really wanted to um, to lose the connotation that homeschool was just about academics for children. We want people to understand that we're talking about the whole family being able
1: to learn and live in terms of God's call on our life. So that's me. That's Nancy. Okay. And we're on opposite ends of the country. She's in Virginia. I'm in California. And so far, praise God, we're not having technical difficulties. But just hold on because they're bound to show up and we will persevere through. So Nancy is actually the person who brought up the topic that we're going to focus on today. So I'll let you ask the question that you asked me in terms of why don't we talk about this?
0: Okay. Sure. We get here all the time. What about socialization? If somebody ta- tells their parents that they're going to homeschool those people's grandparents, the first question is, oh, no, what about socialization? How will they be socialized? And that is often the greatest concern for a lot of a lot of people that whether it's their own children or somebody in their family are concerned about that. So, Andrea, I want to talk about. What does socialization mean, first of all?
1: And that's an excellent question. And I would say if you're ever given that question, ask that question back. Exactly tell me what you mean about socialization. I've always marveled at the fact that everybody asks this question and you kind of wonder, where are they getting it? If, If you tell somebody hey, I'm pregnant, you say, oh, do you want a boy or a girl? Or is it a boy or a girl? There are some standard questions that come with that. But if you were to announce to somebody that you were about to send your child to kindergarten at the local public school, why don't they ask the question, are you comfortable with the socialization there? So I don't think I have a really good answer as to why everybody asks that question. But let's talk about what socialization means. You know, socialization, society. We all exist in a society. So when people say, What about socialization? Are they asking, Where will your children learn to use a knife and fork? Where will your children learn to control their bodily functions and wait till they get to a restroom before they relieve themselves? Are they asking, Where will your children learn not to take stuff that doesn't belong to them? You see, That's all part of being socialized, and hopefully, by the time a child starts school, all those things I just mentioned are in place. So they must be talking about something else in terms, will they be socialized? And I'm going to kind of feel this back to you, Nancy. What do you think, since they're not the things that I just mentioned, what do you think they're actually asking
0: Hmm. Well, I think they're asking, um, you know, how are they, how are they going to learn to to interact and function? Um, when I when I was first thinking about this for my child, I thought, well, um, do I really think that another bunch of four year olds are going to be able to teach my four year old how to interact with each other appropriately? And the answer was, you have to know that the answer is no. You, they can't learn it from that. So where do we learn um, the socialization skills and structure? And how do we do that appropriately? Where do we learn that from?
1: Right. Well, I think the
0: answer is... Uh, Let me I, just saying, gonna...
1: I see a question here. Yeah. Rory okay. is asking, is this based on the stigma that homeschool kids are weird or socially awkward? Rory, I don't know why anybody thinks that homeschool kids are weird or socially awkward more so than anybody else. Again, it has to do with what we think things are supposed to be like. So I'm going to go back to what Nancy said. Nancy said, will kids act appropriately when they're all together? Well, have you ever been to a playground and watched a bunch of three and four year olds play? They push each other out of the way when they wanna go up the slide and go down the slide, they think they should be first. And who is there to intervene? Well, it's usually the parents saying, wait your turn, Johnny. It's not your turn to go ahead and do this. Let's give this other person a chance. Oh, by the way, what is your name? And in those kinds of situations, the moms usually become friends, right? So socialization has to be learned. If you think that A teacher in any school, forget about whether it's public school or private school or Christian school, that that one teacher is supposed to instruct along with any academic subjects like learning to read and learning to do your numbers and learning to do your letters is supposed to instill in children values. Well, number one, it's an impossible task. How can he or she do that? Because everybody comes from a different point of view. So the whole idea of where will they get socialized has everything to do with the fact that we have demeaned the role of the family past the point of conceiving a child, delivering a child, and that the whole purpose is to get this child ready for school. Because that's where they're going to become what? Good citizens of what? The kingdom of God or Good, citizen, good citizens of their city, their state, or their country. So we've got to go back to what a society is, what a culture is, and what informs those things.
0: Right. And, and we've talked before about the, um, about the public school system, the values there are of, of humanism. That means pretty much everybody, every man is his own God, you know. And we get to think and decide for ourselves what's right or wrong. But the Bible tells us that that's much different um, standard. And so uh, one example of that that I'll just toss out here is that of, um, I think it's Orange County in, in California.
1: In There's California, like, yes it is.
0: Yeah, that's, that's your backyard, uh, right? Well, Southern
1: California, but it's close enough.
0: Okay, so the big upset is about the children not being able to uh, the parents not being able to opt out their children of the sex education class that is teaching the LGBTQ curriculum to all the students. So sometimes people are upset about that. Rightly so. But now my question is to them, would it be? better if the socialization there was not in terms of the LGBTQ, but only in terms of the um, consensual heterosexual sex between teenagers. Would that be better socialization? Would it be right. better socialization if they only learn to avoid sexually transmitted diseases and the potential consequences of a pregnancy, is that a better socialization? So what do you say about that one?
1: What you just said is it's all socialization. Now, the remarkable part about Orange County is that Orange County tends to be a more conservative area of Southern California. So this is probably no mistake that it's being pioneered here. What I've read on the subject is that the law actually passed back in 2015 and only now is it being implemented. Well, let's talk about that socialization thing. When you turn your children over to the school system, do you know whether or not that school administration thinks they own the child, or you own the child, or is God own the child? And so since the name of Jesus is not actually something that can be spoken without controversy, in a public school because we haven't realized and i mean we i think you and i have but other people have not that the public schools do teach religion and the religion is the religion of humanism that will have all sorts of manifestations it might be fornication well that was certainly the 60s and the 70s of last century and it might be no fault divorce and it might be it doesn't really matter if people are married or not when they have children. So the society has taken this journey, and now we're seeing the obvious weeds and tears that have been sown. So the real question isn't, what about socialization? The real question to parents is, what exactly do you plan to have your children socialized into?
0: Right, right. Okay. Okay. So so let me ask you this. So if somebody says, okay, I get it. Maybe I don't want my children in public school. Does then the day school, um, whether it's public or private or even homeschool necessarily teach to create the, the biblical social structure? And we know that the location of the student is not necessarily going to make a difference if the the value system that is being established for us to to, to operate from isn't consistent, and, and we don't agree on what that should be.
1: Right, and I'm sad to say that a lot of families don't have as a top priority in their home school the transmission of the crown rights of Jesus Christ, meaning Jesus is King and Lord of all, that because they bought into the, and this is probably going to be controversial for some, the socialization of church life. That's a socialization. That's where you're not supposed to say things like abortion is murder in some church circles, where you're not supposed to say things like that's immodest dress, where you're not supposed to say things like "Um, don't we want to say that people should be in covenant marriage before they're intimate? Or are we going to say, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe or how you do it or anything like that? We accept you just the way you are. You see, how many Christians have been socialized into this erroneous and false social structure that really says it really doesn't matter what we do? Obedience isn't the primary thing. We just have to learn how to feel good about ourselves and hope our children learn to feel good about ourselves. And in the process, I guess in Old Testament times, it would be called the temples of Baal as opposed to the true temple of God. And so I have been through in my particular area to many churches. And I don't think they're a whole lot different than a lot of social clubs. But they have this notion that says, as long as we say we love Jesus, it doesn't matter what we do. So it's not just the public schools that socialize us. Whatever group we're part of and whatever we um, give our attention and our time and our efforts to, that's a culture we're part of. And the culture will always be a manifestation of what it is, it, what the underlying religious belief is. So
0: so what if people find themselves in a public school situation or even a private school Situation, or even in their own home and they realize that the socialization that's happening is not it isn't isn't right what should they do
1: they should repent and they should take out their Bible and they should start reading it from the point of view that it actually is a set of instructions on how to live and mm-hmm. There are plenty of resources. One of the things that I said at the outset about the Calcedon Foundation that's sponsoring this weekly broadcast has to do with the fact that you have to learn what God requires in order to obey him faithfully. Can you imagine, would people put their, let's think of all the people who put their children on a school bus. Would it matter to them if the bus driver was trained? It should
0: Matter, yeah, it, it, it would.
1: Mm-hmm. Do we hope that the chefs at the restaurants we go to understand the basics of cooking and and hygiene and things like that? Of course, we do. And yet, when it comes to parenting or education, we put a lot of faith in systems and people who we don't even know. And so, I'm not going to delude myself into thinking that someone just hears me talk and then they're like, "Oh, I have to change everything." You've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit talking to you saying, is God telling me that I'm not pleasing him, that I'm not being faithful to the requirements of scripture? And if you don't know what those requirements are, visit the chalcedon.edu website and put in Christian education, and you'll get an eyeful and an earful.
0: And it's very, it is very easy and very instructional. Yeah you want to obey God. Yeah. I have had pastors and people who have been Christian for a very long time think that they couldn't possibly homeschool their children. That This couldn't possibly be what is necessary. But I know as a new believer, when I read that scripture that God said for our parents to train up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and that we're supposed to teach our children when we rise up and when we sit down and when we walk, walk along the way, uh, that's poor paraphrase, but I didn't quote it exactly. But the point is if our heart is to incline to obey God, he will make a way. And for me, homeschool was the least expensive Christian school that I could find. And it permitted all of us to learn together what God requires of us and to begin to move and function and think and act in those terms.
1: Right. And you and I would be lying to people who are considering this to say, oh yeah, it's a walk in the park. Don't worry about it. Easy, easy. It's really, no, it's not easy. It takes work, but I can tell you it's rewarding. And There's no excuse to say there aren't people out there who can help me. Um, Nancy runs a homeschool support group in her area. Well, guess what? Because of the Internet and because of email and things like that, we don't have to live next door to someone to say, hey, could you give me some advice? Could we have a conversation? I have those conversations regularly. Um, And it actually helps in terms of the fact that we're across so many time zones because sometimes for me, it's 930 at night and I have nothing else that I'm going to do right then. And I can talk to somebody who's in a different part of the world. Or if I have to get up a little bit earlier to talk to somebody who's on the East Coast, I'm up anyway. I can talk to that person early as well.
0: Anyway, So what do you think that people... um... People really uh, are asking when they say, uh, when they, when they perceive. What, what about when people perceive the homeschool kids as weird and um, not, uh, you know, not not going with the flow? Are we standing out, and are we teaching our children in a way that it demonstrates the truth and faithfulness of God, or? There's so many people maybe just withdrawing and hiding from these bad experiences and influences, but not really growing in faithfulness and confidence and spirit filled
1: truth. Well, it all depends on how you define weird. I know that we have been in different parts of California and a person came up to me and said, excuse me, are you a homeschool family? And I was like, oh my goodness, what did my children do? And I said, why do you ask? And she said, well, because your children look me in the eye when they talk and they're very well behaved. And we were at a um, snowboarding and they were at the top of the hill and I hadn't quite gotten the, the courage to go up and try to do it myself. So my children were interacting with this family up there and this family spotted it. So that family didn't think it was weird Um, I'll tell you who does think it's weird, people who are used to young people ignoring them or having their head in social media, as opposed to a person will come up and actually look at you and converse with you and actually know something. Right. I think people think that to be normal, and this comes into the social structure, that like, what will my child do if she doesn't go to the prom? Well, did all people in all ages go to proms or is that a social construct that's very much in line with, you know, public schools?
0: Right. When my uh, one of my daughters was a senior in high school, while all her friends were worried about the prom and who was going with who, she was in Nicaragua teaching English as a second language in a little church school there and has made lifelong friends, some of whom she's actually in contact with this, this week, considering considering some of the, um, the social um, unrest and um, stuff that's going on there. So, so the things that we need to learn and things that we have the opportunity to teach is not just limited to academics, but it gives us a frame of reference for, um, what our own social, social structure and social connections and interactions are supposed to look like or uh, between ourselves and our neighbors and my community and in my nation and other nations as well.
1: Right. And so in the long run, if your daughter didn't go to the prom, has she been, Severely disabled in terms of being able to interact in life and be a, pair, a wife and a, and a mother
0: certainly not no, certainly.
1: So again, it's this social construct that we think is so important and if you think about Probably proms and how many proms result in fornication and unwanted pregnancy Maybe we all look at it differently but I see a question was asked that dads might ask about social structure of sports. In other words, how does sports fit in with homeschooling? And uh I think the important part to realize is that a homeschool setting can be what the parent wants it to be. Now, some people get overly concerned about don't we have to follow rules and don't we have to meet certain standards and don't we have to answer to certain people? And the answer is you first and foremost have to answer to God. And when you do so, then you will have the resources necessary to check the necessary box to walk the extra mile if that's what you have to do. But throughout homeschooling, some very, very accomplished athletes, I you mean, know, if you know think about football and you know about Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow was homeschooled. Um, we have a friend who played golf in college ended up breaking every record that a woman could have in college sports and now plays on the uh, professional women's golf association tour and she was homeschooled and she brings that up anytime she's interviewed so excellence and homeschooling can actually translate to athletics to music to the arts um I know very accomplished musicians in my area who were very much in demand, who were homeschooled and they were able to um, proceed with the things that their parents thought were important. And so it's not a limitation, but you have to have the view correctly in terms of are we being faithful to God? Is this something that honors God and keeps his commandments or not?
0: You bring up uh, an important um Thought, Andrea and that is what the parents think are important is dad um, want what is what's dad's goals for that kid to be able to play sports you know um, is the child particularly um, gifted in that area or is there something that dad wants that could be um, skills and and activities that could happen different in in a different environment
1: well let me just say this at seven years old at 10 years old nobody knows whether or not somebody is going to be healthy enough fit enough have the opportunities to play professional sports of course our culture promotes this but let's go back to public schools increasingly even with increased taxes and everything else Schools, public schools, are cutting programs. So a lot of parents anyway have to seek athletics, music, and arts elsewhere. And so I think we have to realize that part of the hold for years had been athletics, having children go to public school because where will they play on teams? Well, it is important to learn how to be a team player. That is very important. And you can learn that in sports. But again, if you don't have a parent that's going to transmit the biblical perspective on it, in other words, you can have one parent who says you win at all costs. If you have to cheat, you, you cheat. Just don't get caught. Well, that's a world in life view. And then there's another world in life view that says you give it your best, you do your best, and you put the rest in God's hands. And just because someone might treat you in a wicked, evil way, the scripture says, don't repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. So you see, that's a society, and I dare say, that's not being taught in public schools.
0: The homeschooling is, uh, homeschool Christian school is the place where we have opportunity and responsibility to, to, Look to the objective standard of God's law, as opposed to, and give us the structure for that interaction that that works in a way that sometimes just the church motions or the public schools or what the mama or the daddy thinks is right. You know, may I've heard a lot of people that say, "Oh, well, I was a ballet dancer, so my kid needs to be a ballet dancer," or "I was a football." quarterback, so my kid needs to be a football quarterback, or this was my alma mater, so that needs to be theirs. And rather than looking at the way God made that kid and God's call, preparing that kid for God's call in their life is much, much more than just whether they get to play football and go to the prom or not.
1: Right, right. And remember, vicarious living through your children isn't good in a homeschool setting, in a private school setting, or in a public school setting. But I do say, yes, you have to say that parents have a vision for things for their children. You know, if you let every eight-year-old decide whether or not he was going to learn how to add, you know what? You say, I get you don't want to. This wouldn't be your choice. But we're going to teach you how to add because you need to know how to add. But along the way, children need to understand that they have a calling under God. And when they're young and when they're still in their parents' household, part of that calling is to be a student. Part of that calling is to be a brother or sister, or a son or daughter, and that their function is to serve a greater good than themselves. And the family is one aspect. The church is one aspect. But none of those institutions or even the school are an end to themselves. All these things have to work to further the kingdom of God, because if they don't, then we're in disobedience when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then everything else will be added unto you. So really, in order to effectively transmit these things to your children, you have to have them yourself. You can't teach what you don't know. And let me recommend, since I think we're coming to the end of our time, my two books on homeschooling, Lessons Learned from Years of Homeschooling, which I wrote when I was 25 years into the endeavor, And then a couple of years after that, I wrote The Homeschool Life. And this isn't so much how you teach this or how you teach that, but it's a philosophy. It's a perspective. Things like, how do you deal with disobedience in the homeschool? Oh, you'll have it. If you have disobedience in your home, which every family is going to have, you're going to have it with your homeschool. So the question is, how do you deal with those things? And along the way, you become the best teacher you can be by gearing and gauging everything in terms of am I being faithful to the commands in scripture to parents with regards to their children.
0: Very good. Thank you, Andrea. I'll be looking oh. forward to next week.
1: Me too. All right. So till next time, everyone, thanks for joining us and share this with other people. and. Uh, I hope that you either send in your questions to us or you do what these viewers have done today, ask their questions along the way. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Nancy.
0: Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit the kingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.